All right, Rand, uh, Andy, we have covered the Shrine Bowl and the positive effect Bill O'Brien has had coming to Foxborough, the work he's doing out there. Bill Belichick renewed, not having to micromanage every detail. We've talked about Championship Sunday. We've gotten into we've gotten into all the necessary nitty gritty and the weeds of everything else. Now I want to ask you this question. You mentioned earlier, like Patriots possibly being rumored to look into tight ends in the draft as well, and that T.J. Hawkinson is the best tight end to have come out of the, uh, in the last couple of years. I would say maybe Pat Freiermuth, uh, always a tough last name to say, local kid, they called him Baby Gronk, had mm. a really nice first couple of years in Pittsburgh. A little while ago, he said something that caught me. I think we mentioned it maybe in this podcast, but I kind of want to go back to it now as Bill Belichick is thrust back into the national spotlight for a positive reason, coaching the Western squad in the East-West Shrine Bowl. Fryermuth said he ha he's happy in Pittsburgh, did not need to be taken by the local team he grew up watching and wouldn't want to play for Bill Belichick because there was a very negative, there was a negative, uh, there's a lot of negative press, a negative uh, vibe, bad air beyond just everything like Lane Johnson said, like they don't have fun up there in Foxborough. Like there's kind of like, there's, there's some stank on the Patriots now following this past season. So let me ask you, as we get through the Shrine Bowl for agency approaches, do you think there will possibly, will it be more difficult for the Patriots to trade for, sign, acquire talent because of all of the uh, bad juju and the bad buzz that came off of this season? No, I don't think so, um, because I think players are going to look at that from afar and say, well, they've they've taken steps to change. Mm -hmm. First of all, I think there's a couple issues here. There's the old school Patriots like Gronk saying, you know, even when we won, it felt like a loss kind of there's thing. That, there's that as well. Like it fills people's heads. All of a sudden, like reputations start to build and then perception becomes reality. But I don't think that. And then last year is last year with the whole ineptitude of the offensive staff and everything that went on. I think this is a different Patriots staff, and it's this ties in, I think, a little bit to what I wrote um, on my Sunday 7 about them clearly pursuing or at least coincidentally pursuing uh, former players, more of mm -hmm. them for roles on the coaching staff. You have Troy Brown. He's the head coach in Vegas for the, the Shrine Bowl. You have Gerard Mayo, who has suddenly ascended to head coach in waiting, Bill Belichick's right-hand man, former all-pro linebacker. You're having talks with Ryan Wendell, former offensive lineman, Adrian Clem, former offensive lineman, both um, Sean Jefferson and, and Keenan McCardell, a lot of Billy Yates already mm -hmm. here. Like you have a lot of players that are infiltrating the staff. And I think you are getting away from Harry Hardo, Division Three, Napoleon Complex coaches who worked their way up from the NESCAC to Bill Belichick's <laughs> coaching staff. It's a different, why are you laughing? <laughs> just like the NESCAC, like that's just like such an insider hardo thing. Like, like, does the average Pats fan know what NESCAC is? They should. Bill Belichick played football in the NESCAC. That's where he comes from. Wesleyan University. Wesleyan is part of the NESCAC. Okay, let's just ask a question. Who's the okay. best coach in New England? Right now? Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's, if you don't it's say Bill, Bill Belichick, then you're the ultimate fraud and we'll fight for the next 40 minutes. You better say Bill Belichick. Of course it's Bill Belichick. Okay. Bill Belichick came from the NESCAC. Who okay. is the best uh, NFL network national style with local ties reporter these days? It's Mike, Mike Giardi. Giardi. You know where he came from? The NESCAC. Who's the best podcaster on the Six Rings podcast? 
Andy Hart. You know where he came from? The uh, NESCAC. The is, NESCAC this... is the root of all great football in New England. What and what and what? Pray tell after that back padathon. I really, we need Theragun or something to p- sponsor this podcast to work out all the kinks in this back padding session. What does NESCAC stand for? New England Small College Athletic Conference. New England Small College Athletic Conference. Oh, it's then you must have fit in perfectly. William. It's Amherst. It's yeah, and Bates and all those places. Smarty schools, little but, like little school, big heart, but little school, big yes. brain. But you know, I'm, I'm being somewhat serious that these Napoleon complex. I mean, and I guess I can throw race in there. I'm white. They're white. We're all white. Um, like that's it's a different world that seems to be developing on the coaching staff, and I think mm-hmm. that will help players, coaches, like it's shared experiences. Gerard Mayo talking to linebackers and safeties. He played the game. He had an agent. He had contracts. He had all of these things that players have insight into uniquely. You have more of those guys on staff. They're also great players for the Patriots, some of them. Troy Brown and Gerard Mayo being around. So I do think you're seeing Bill evolve with the times. Mm-hmm. Former players are more successful coaches in the NFL these days. Ah, that was a, 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 a significant concern of Pat's Nation. Is Bill evolving or is he falling back on his old ways recently? I believe he's evolving. Now, is there a forced evolution here? Is Robert Kraft forcing an evolution a year after it was Matt Patricia, right? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe. But it does, I, do I care? Do I care how we get to the, the right answer? No. Just get to the right answer. So to talk about acquiring talent, I don't think these are the old school Patriots and certainly guys coming into the league for the Shrine Bowl. That sets a foundation for that whole group of whatever it is, 150 players that are at the Shrine Bowl, seeing the Patriots of Gerard Mayo, Troy Brown, different light, right? So players that have achieved plenty in their playing days that have succeeded at the highest level. And I think the modern athlete relates to and wants to hear from them as much as they want to hear from you know the coach or whatever like hey i look like a coach i sound like a coach like it's okay actually it's it's kind of fun to listen to people that like just played the game and can relate to me on a more intimate personal and experienced level right so i think that will help that evolution now is there always going to be some um trite aged view of new england yes i mean Mm -hmm. that's just that's going to be part of it but And then you bring in talent acquisition. You mentioned signing or trading. Well, if you sign a guy, you can do the the Matthew Judon. I didn't choose them. They chose me. They handed me a boatload of money, and I said, yes, I will come play for you. And it's worked out great, right? He has Mm -hmm. embraced the Patriots, the Patriot way. He... The fans, He's the still whole thing. acting like the assistant general manager, tweeting at Aaron wow. Donald in the offset. You know what I mean, though. I would argue that he's a worse general manager than Matt Patricia was an offensive play caller. <laughs> it's more for show. It's more for I show. It, it, it gets it put. You know what? He just chums the wall. He makes it fun for Pat's fans that are just like, oh, Bobby Wagner went to the Rams. Well, at least Judon tried to get. How come we can't get players like that? Well, no. you had a very you had an uncharacteristically aggressive offseason two years ago. It fortified the ranks to a certain degree, not well enough. Now you're going to have a reasonably aggressive offseason where I believe the Patriots will make sex, unsexy but smart football moves. Make of the sex? Make of the unsex. Make of the sex. Nice. Great great success. They'll, they'll make unsexy but successful choices to fortify the lines and the ranks that have been a bit depleted. No, you're not going to be seeing like on all-star team, you're not going to be seeing a fantasy football squad coming in Why? via free via free agency. No. Why? 
Well, you'll see, you'll see some like solid trench players. You're going to see guys that'll get the dirty work done this season. So as to allow some of the other stars that need, that are going to get proper coaching to shine. I mean, and maybe just maybe you'll see a wide receiver brought in, which brings me to my next question here in our little impromptu Pat's Paris portion of uh, this episode of six rings during champ Sunday. This is one other champ Sunday takeaway, Andy. We saw every kind of every, almost every iteration of the modern NFL team succeed to a certain degree. You had, uh, you had, you have some teams that are like loaded with weapons like Philadelphia, right? You've got like, they've got a good young quarterback on the rookie contract and they've got the elite weaponry that they were able to trade for and pay. You got Devonta Smith. You paid a ton for AJ Brown. They paid a lot for Dallas Goddard after they shipped off Zach Ertz last year. Like that's a team that's loaded on both sides, somehow making it work. And they got weapons galore. In San Francisco, you've got a team that had no quarterback, really. I mean, honestly, by the end of the game, they literally had no quarterback. They had but four. Yeah, <laughs> but they've got a system. The cliche, right? Mm -hmm. If you have four quarterbacks, you have, you have no quarterbacks. And they have, they've got the weapons and they've got the system. And then in Cincinnati, you've got just a fundamentally well-rounded team. And then in, in Kansas City, you've got the star quarterback. That's where all the money's going these days. And they don't have high-priced weaponry around, yet the quarterback raised that he is the element that raises the tides in Kansas city. So if given the choice between weapons galore, a sound system or the elite quarterback, which would you choose between the three? Um, well, I think you painted a, um, not exactly accurate picture. Can I, adjust? it's a, it's a, it's a little, why don't you adjust accordingly? You see what I'm going for? It's a tad murky, but adjust accordingly, reframe and then answer. Because I would argue every one of those teams had elite playmaker at the very least. Travis Kelsey, people are erroneously now calling a potential goat tight end. They're wrong, but he's a great. I call him a wide end. end. He's a wide, he's part receiver, part tight end. Right. But well, he's more receiver and he's not even the best chiefs to ever do that. To me, Tony Gonzalez was better than him. Like as just the pass catching mm -hmm. soft tight end. And I don't say soft in a, in a, not trying to be disrespectful. It's just how they play. It's a different world out there. And it's smart. Mm -hmm. It's how you, it's how Tony Gonzalez played for so long to catch so many balls. You stay right. out of the Gronk world of getting your ass kicked and having to bang heads with DNs and all that. Yeah. Antonio Gates did the same thing. Antonio Gates was not known as a legendary blocker. No, he was a basketball no. player on grass. So was Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think Julius like, Peppers on offense. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Debo Samuel and George Kittle and, 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 Christian McCaffrey are elite playmakers in San Francisco. Right. Jamar Chase is an elite playmaker. Some would argue, I mean, you see that touchdown throw from Burrow to T. Higgins. That is Mac Jones' wet dream right there to have yeah. a big receiver that mm -hmm. just goes up, high points the ball, gets it. Um, so they have the weapons there. I think A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are both high-end to elite, whatever, however you want to mm -hmm. rank them in the NFL. So it's quarterback, and to me, you need at least one go-to guy. That's what I've argued for the Patriots. If mm. you put Travis okay. Kelsey on the Patriots. Every team has the go-to guy. The Patriots yes. don't. Okay. If you want to reframe that way, I I'm want, here for it. I would take a go-to playmaker and the quarterback. Like, I think that's, I mean, and then if you marry it with a coach, now you got uh, chef's kiss. You really bring it all together. But, but can't you win, though? Like, with San, like let's say, uh, and Brock Purdy tore his UCL. It looks like he's not going to have full reconstruction 
not a full Tommy John. They're just going to try to repair it, and then he should be ready in six months, which I think is going to probably lead Tom Brady back from whence he came as a child and an initial NFL fan to Makes San Francisco. Wakes way too much sense. It's perfect. But there you had playmakers and system. You didn't have the high-priced quarterback yet, obviously, and it was working until the kid got injured in the game. I, I just, I just, I, I think I, I think from watching Patrick Mahomes, I think it's sort of the idea of just like, ah, you can win it with any quarterback. Like, can you really win with just any quarterback? Because the team that impressed me the most this weekend was the Chiefs, and I know a lot of people would say, but the Eagles are the most impressive team because they're fundamentally sound at every level: special teams, defense, pass rush, coverage, running game, passing game. I, I still just can't, I don't know, like, you know, when you pay a quarterback $50 million and he fixes everything, it sort of reminds you of like, yeah, well, that's, that's when Tom Brady was able to sort of fix everything. He did it differently from Patrick Mahomes, but it, it sort of showcases just how valuable having a legendary quarterback can be to me. Absolutely. And that that is the difference is right now Big time. Mahomes is a you know, he could go down as a top five quarterback or top 10 quarterback all time, depending on how you, you, you put it all together. He will. He will. I, I, I feel as comfortable saying that as anything else. So he's not the same as anyone else other than Brady. Like, I mean, I guess Rogers is not in this conversation, but you have a couple of them still playing, but like Jay, Joe Burrow may trend in that direction. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think he's really good. I think he's special. He's different mm -hmm. special. But got outplayed this weekend. Got out. No. Got outplayed also, by Mahomes. Also got his ass kicked. His yeah, his offensive. offensive line line see, yeah, his offensive line wasn't there for him. See, to me, the ultimate way to build a football team, what Pats fans have to hope to embrace or go to bed wanting and wishing and dreaming of, would be a team that kind of resembles the Bengals and kind of resembles the 49ers. You're not going to see. You will not be seeing anything that resembles the Eagles or the Chiefs, the two teams that are in Super Bowl 57 in New England anytime soon. Moving around like Jalen Hurts, moving around imp improvisationally like Patrick Mahomes, playmaking with your legs, holy smokes, things that light up Instagram and that the NFL feels the need to immediately retweet with video. No. What you're going to have to hope to see, sound, strong, well-coached, with occasional brilliance. And that's why I say you know, the T Higgins wet dream for Mac Jones, like just drop back, throw a ball that the guy catches. You make a good, accurate throw. You picked, mm -hmm. you know, the right spot on the field with your guy, the right opportunity, wherever the coverage was like, that's, that's something you could replicate as, as a Patriot. Cause if, if Mac Jones can't do that, then well, what is it? Would you say you do here? <laughs> exactly. What it would say you do here. I'd be very curious to see wherever Matt, like we've been getting, uh, Coaching updates galore from the Shrine Bowl. Haven't heard much from players who probably took a, a much-needed mental uh, wellness break. I'll yeah. be very curious to hear from Mac Jones when he reemerges, where he reemerges, and who he reemerges with. If he has another Florida or California throwing session where he bros out with his guys. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Bourne, Hunter Henry, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, maybe... Uh, who knows if Damian Harris, because he's an unrestricted free agent, whoever he shows up, I wouldn't be surprised to see them all rally together soon. And when they do, we'll be here to talk about it on Six Rings and Football Things. Andy, any final thoughts before we wrap up this fine, fine, chunky, meaty, early Feb edition? Chunky, meaty. No, I I, I like that final thing you brought about. When does uh, Max surface and who does he surface with? And not that it is as big a deal because 
football's not the NBA, but we always talk about that. In the NBA, you're either a recruiter or being recruited, right? As these teams are kind of built, oh, they were hanging out together in the offseason in Chicago playing pickup basketball. Who was the recruiter and who was the recruit, right? Oh, well, you know, Jason Tatum is at some Jordan event with all these NBA players. Is he re- being recruited to go somewhere else or is he recruiting to come join the Celtics? That's one area we're at right now. I would have a hard time envisioning Mac. We, we made fun of Matt Judon. Mm-hmm. I can't really envision Mac being a recruiter right now. Like some receiver being like, yeah, I want to go to the Patriots and play with Mac. Hey, rookies, Mac here. <laughs> <laughs> Not going <laughs> to. No, so, yes, hello. This, yeah, I don't, think hello. I don't think you'll see that. But back to the first thing I mentioned here in the third leg of the pod, the, the sort of damage control from the stink or the fallout of the Patricia Judge year and the mess that the offensive was that the offense was like seeing Bill O'Brien coaching his ass off at the Shrine Bowl. Patriots purposely releasing every video they can. He's coaching hard. You hear his tone like, oh, it's a all right, back to Patriots football. Yeah, they got someone who knows what the hell's going on in house. That's great. Belichick doing his thing. Oh, maybe I can get the bell, the Bill Belichick I wanted to be coached by or that I've always wanted to have my brain picked apart by as opposed to the guy who's micromanaging too many things and pulled in a thousand directions. And maybe just maybe Mac Jones can do along with some other players can do a little secret. Like guys, it's really cool around here. It's just last, forget last year. Last year was last year was a really bad sequel. We brought in a different creative team. We fired everyone. We brought back the original screenwriter, the original director, like tr- the, the team is back. We're re- and we're ready to roll. And I, I think everyone will probably do their part to recruit and help bring about the right talent. Uh, and I think that's it, Andy, just, uh, yeah, that's it. That's a pod. That's a good off-season pod right there in a in so, a Super Bowl bye week where, well, we've been done for a while playing. Yeah, <laughs> we have, but our our interest in how the Patriots do, what you guys think, Super Bowl Fifty Seven, and so much more, is as refreshed and renewed as ever. I'm off to Florida for a couple of days with the fam. Andy will be around. He may bring you a little shorty, a little quickie at the end of the week, uh, and he'll keep. He'll keep the fires of six rings burning while I'm away. Next week, we'll come back. We'll start getting into our official Super Bowl 57 preview. All the other news, notes, and nuggets from Pat's Nation and beyond. Thank you guys for listening and subscribing. This has been Six Rings and Football Things. Brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. For Jumbo, for Terp, and everyone else involved, thanks for listening. As always, good day, God bless, and go Pats. See you.